Hi everyone, I'm Garth and I'm sharing the Bible passage this week. It's from Luke 8, 4 to 18. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop, a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what the parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken away from them. My wife may be the smartest person I know. Um, she is so smart that she can think about multiple things all simultaneously. At any given moment, she is thinking about what we are having for dinner, um, about Hope's upcoming soccer match, about what's happening with her patients in the hospital, if our dogs need a bath, um, that despite the 937 times she has reminded me to restain our deck, that I probably need at least 332 reminders before I'll actually do it. She's thinking about how we are doing on our 30-year plan, and how her hair might look better if it were shorter, and she's thinking about all of these thoughts all in the same moment. Uh, she thinks about these things every minute of every day, and somehow is still able to do all the things she is normally supposed to do in life. I, on the other hand, have the capacity to think deeply and critically about one, or on a really good day, two things, through the course of an entire day, not just in a moment, just the whole day. And even then, 
I struggle to do the things that I'm supposed to normally do throughout the day. And we, when we get home from work and we feed the kids and we finally get them into bed, this strange phenomenon happens in our house. We both sit down on the couch and we take, take a deep breath. Uh, and to Shauna, this moment is the time that she thinks she can share all the quadrillion thoughts and feelings and ideas and worries um, that she's had throughout the course of the day because we haven't seen each other. She's had no one to share this information with and all these thoughts with. So finally, she's got this captive audience to share all these things. Whereas I, on the other hand, am usually completely tuckered out by my thinking about that one thing I've had to think about all day. And uh, I like to flip the little switch in my brain to off. And what that usually means is that on that couch, Shauna starts to say lots of things. Lots of important things, interesting things, things that I should think about, things that we should work through together. But instead, I do a lot of nodding and mumbling and giving one-word responses such as, huh, mm-hmm, interesting, wow, yep, huh? And about 10 minutes into this regular nightly routine, Shauna will say something deeply hurtful yet very true to me. She'll say, Travis, are you really even listening to me? Uh, The thing is that I've heard most of the words that she said, um, but because I've turned my brain off, I'm not really taking it in. I'm not processing it, and I'm certainly not responding to it. See, it's possible to hear someone, but never really listen, understand, and respond. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus has a attracted quite a large following. Verse 1 of chapter 8, it mentions that he had gone from village to village proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Verse 4 tells us that because of his travels and his teaching, this large crowd has gathered and they were eager to see Jesus. So what does Jesus do here uh, with this captive audience? Is this where he clearly and plainly spells out what it means to be part of God's family? Is this where he gives them a three-point sermon on how they can find salvation? Isn't this the perfect time to say things as clear as day? Well, have a look at what Jesus does at the end of verse 4. It says this, He told them this parable. So when stacks and stacks of people had come out to hear Jesus, instead of giving them concise and clear theology or, or doing an altar call or having them fill out a connect card, Jesus tells a story. And the story he tells this crowd, we must remember, has, has no context. He doesn't say, guys, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story, and the story is a metaphor about our response to God. He doesn't, at least not directly to the crowd, follow up the parable with a, a clear explanation of what every bit of the story means. He doesn't couch the story in the middle of the sermon, where the story sort of functions as this illustration of a greater point that he has already made in his speech. No, Jesus literally just tells them a story and walks away. But we must remember this because it's really important for our narrative. Uh, Here's a quick version of Jesus' story. A farmer goes out and scatters some seed. Some seed falls along the path and it's trampled or eaten up by birds. Some fell on the rocks where the plants died because they they had no root. 
Some fell amongst thorns and were choked out by the weeds. Others' seed fell on good soil and produced tons and tons of fruit. And then Jesus says, if you got ears, hear. That's it. That's the story. Now, you and I know what the story is because we have this behind-the-scenes moment where Jesus shares with his disciples um, where, when they, even they are confused and they ask him to explain what the story means. We have access to that. We know the story because this parable is perhaps the most famous of all of Jesus' parables. And if you spend any time in church or in a community group, you'll, you will have at least read, if not studied, this parable. The question I want us to actually wrestle with as we look at this passage is the same one that Shauna asked me almost every single night on the couch. Are you really listening? Let's dissect this text for a moment and see how this question uh, gets addressed through this text. Uh, After Jesus tells this parable, he gives no explanation to the crowd other than to say, if you got ears, hear. Uh, Then in verse 10, Jesus tells his disciples that he speaks this way in these strange, mysterious parables because though people can physically see, they don't really see. Though, like me on the couch, they have the ability to hear, they don't actually listen and understand. This quote comes from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. In that passage, God heals Isaiah, and Isaiah puts his hand up. He volunteers to go out. Uh, to go forth into the nation of Israel and proclaim uh, the good news about God to the people, that they need to change, that that they are in need of rescue, that they need to turn back to God. And the Lord tells Isaiah that his whole ministry is going to be defined by Isaiah speaking God's truth, people hearing Isaiah speaking, but never really listening never wrestling with what he's saying, never really understanding. It's as if this audience is sitting on the couch saying, hmm, interesting, yep, wow, but never really getting it. So when Jesus has the opportunity like this with lots and lots of people coming from all over the country to see him, he knows that no matter what he says to the people, uh, though they have physical ears to hear, they're probably never going to actually listen to him. He can say things as clear as day, but his words, for at least most of the people in the crowd that day, will never sink down in. Jesus goes on in verses 16 and 17, and he says that a day is coming when everything will be brought out into the open. And it will be clear whether we've been hearing with muffled ears or have been responding with open hearts. And so he ends this little explanation to the parable to his disciples by saying in verse 18, Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. See, listening is not merely a problem that I have on my couch with my wife at nighttime. Listening is a problem that every single human has. Listening is one of those things that many people think they're quite good at, but are actually quite terrible at. I mean, think about it for a minute. Almost every book I've ever read and every movie I've ever seen contains a moment, a moment of heartache or drama or difficulty simply because the person in the story did not really listen. Many of the problems that you and I face in our relationships is due to a failure of someone to really listen to someone else. 
This parable is designed to see how well you and I are listening. Think about it as if you are a member of the audience uh, listening to Jesus' strange farm story that day. You've come from miles away to hear Jesus. You want to know what this guy is on about and what's so special about him. You must think he's going to disclose all these amazing truths about God, and you're going to spend hours just soaking it all in, and it's all going to finally make sense to you. But when you get there, Jesus tells you one cryptic story in less than a minute, and then he leaves. And the question is, are you really listening? See, if you are, what are you going to do? You're going to do what the disciples did. You're going to go track Jesus down. You're going to ask him lots of questions. You're going to inquire. You're not going to go home until you understand what this is all about. You need to know more. You can't stop pursuing Jesus because you know there's more to the story. Or you can say to yourself, cool story. I guess I'll go back home now. Or you can let yourself get distracted by the fact that Peter was picking his nose through the entire parable and not hear the story at all. Or you can think, wow, Jesus is a great storyteller. I'm, I'm really glad I came out here, but then get, then get home and, and forget what he said. Or maybe you even heard the story and you get the meaning and you come back and you hear more stories and you think the stories are great, but then real life happens and stuff really sucks. And the stories, well, they just become stories, fairy tales, and not life-changing truths, and you just stop. And the question before you, in the audience then, and you in the audience now, is this. Are you really listening? Uh, see, I've known lots of people who call themselves Christians, who've gone to church their whole life, but have never really listened. And I've met people who have only heard a, a short snippet of the good news of the kingdom of God and have had their lives transformed because they kept pursuing kept going, kept wrestling, kept inquiring. See, if you leave this parable and you ask yourself, which seed am I? You probably won't arrive at the correct answer. You won't, because you will either think too little of yourself or too much of yourself to get the answer right. And the point of the story isn't simply to progress to the next level of soil. The point of the story is for you to discover where you fit in to this little question, are you really listening? See, when my wife calls me out on my lack of uh, receptivity and reciprocity, it's very hurtful, yet very true. And, and I've had to learn that though I'd rather turn off my listening switch and instead turn my attention to mindless things like Netflix or sports or, or video games, it actually grows our marriage when I ask questions, when I get involved, when I let the things that she shares with me sink in, uh, when I make a list of how I can respond. In the same way, when you and I do those same things with Jesus, we will find ourselves growing in Him and producing fruit. Listening well and pursuing Jesus, not being satisfied, but having to come back for more, produces fruitfulness. But not listening not engaging, not going further, getting comfortable, going through the motions, doing all the same things we've done before without 
pursuing Jesus any further only yields fruitlessness. So which one are you? Are you really listening?